Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. We're putting up new buildings, we're knocking down the old. We're working in the summer heat and in the winter cold. And the labour power we sell, me boys, for a hard and weekly pay produces mighty profits for the greedy MBA. And whether we were born here or born in Italy, in Greece, in Spain, or Ireland, in England, or Fiji, we all of us are workers united, we must stand. Until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our land We faced deregistration, it backfired in the face We're not fooled by arbitration, we won't stay in our place We hit the bosses hard and fast to win and keep our gains And break a couple of concrete pours to back our lug of claims so keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's glass to glass and face to face, our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Our builder's labour is a name to make a man feel proud. And it is indeed good morning from the Concrete Gang, a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, the sky is clear, the sun is going to come out, it won't have any heat in it, it's freezing bloody cold, and it's in the middle of Melbourne's winter, but the Concrete Gang goes to air every week. For 40 years it's gone to air every week. Good morning Colin, good morning String Bean, and good morning Annie on the panel. It is the Concrete Gang 3CR 885 on your dial. 855. 855 on your dial. Or 855. You're close enough. 855 anyway. Just keep... It's somewhere west of 3LO. Has it changed in 40 years? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're on the concrete gang. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Tomorrow's an RDO. Enjoy it because it saves going to work in the freezing cold. Oh, that RDO. I just love them. Beautiful. Yes, and guess what? Our good friend Malcolm Turnbull reckons that in this disaster that's called the Senate, he's going to get legislation passed, which is going to take away the RDO calendar. He better not. So, boys, if he does, you're going to have to fight for it, because otherwise you'll have your RDO when the boss tells you to have your RDO. And that might be Tuesday this month, uh, Thursday next month, you might, if you're lucky, get an RDO on a Friday and still have to turn up for work on the Saturday. Indeed. There you go. That's Indeed. the code that they want to introduce, and that's what we're arguing about at this moment. So yes. if your boss hasn't got his agreement in place and you've told him you want to negotiate your new agreement and you want the same agreement as everyone else, start putting the pressure on because time might be running out. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And if you want to take your RDO when the boss uh, sees there's going to be a bit of inclement weather and he rings you up that night and he says, listen, don't come in tomorrow, take your RDO, will you? You're not going to be impressed. So as Warren has said, we may well have to fight for it. So the code is not retrospective. If you get your EBA through now, they can't stop it. That's it. Now, talking about disasters, as we do, because we like sticking it in, uh, was there a small problem for John Holland this week? I don't think small's the uh, the right way to describe it. I think it was huge. 25 MCGs worth of problems. Um, String Bean? A 25, a 25 MCGs of mud. Uh, out in Ravenhall, and uh, a disgraceful mess they've got going there. Um, with 800 to 1,000 workers, uh, no evacuation plan, uh, no PA to announce there's an emergency to get people out, and how many stretches do you reckon you'd have for 800 to 1,000 workers who could be injured, fatally, seriously injured on site? More than one. More Well... <laughs> Not according to John Holland. One should do it. One should do it. Eh? And they tell me the PA system's been there for three months, but it's been laying on the floor in the boss's office. So I don't know. I don't know what much use it's going to be there. Not taking it too seriously, are they? Absolutely not serious oh. at all. I understand the evacuation procedure was just run for your life. <laughs> just run, even though there's walls everywhere. <laughs> yeah, true <laughs> too. And you run through the mud, which slows it down. Yeah. 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 Yes, you'd get off. You'd get off at Emory. It's bloody flight in Dubai quicker. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, indeed. John Hollands, in the end, they shut the job. It was that bad. They, was, were that they, were, they, they, <laughs> they were that embarrassed. They were that embarrassed. You could see the glow on their faces from, from Geelong. Honestly, terrible. Well, but We expect that, though. That's to be expected from John Holland. John Hollands, yes. They, they, they sort of know what they're supposed to do. They've got their systems in place. They've got their people in control. Connie, I thought you are a bit better than that. The book, I thought you were actually grown up in a world other than John Hollands, and when you came to John Hollands, you might bring some new attitudes with you, but, Connie, you haven't. You've failed miserably. Sucked into the John Holland culture. Oh. Yeah, uh, had, the, had, the, had the John Holland needle. Had the John Holland needle, and and it and it's and it is actually true that what happens with John Hollands, and it's not untrue of others, but particularly John Hollands, who have always been one of the bigger contractors in this country, they get into a rail occupation as they have in recent times out on the Frankston line, or they get into a, a, a sort of a, a stage of production like they are at Ravens Hall, and what happens? They go into kamikaze construction and they just go, 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 go. It's production, production, production. And what happens? They stuff it up every time. People get seriously injured and then they go, oh, we better stop. Mm. And that's exactly what sounds like happened at Ravens Hall. They've gone, oh, we have stuffed up. Yep. Grind to a halt. And, and not the only, like, it, they must be panicking a bit, surely. You've got fires going up all over the place. It started with Perth with the hospital over there, which has been an unmitigated disaster from start to finish. And now we've got Hobart, the same thing in the hospital there. I mean, what there's some kind of, they can't seem to get a job right. No, and uh, I, I thought asbestos was illegal in this country, but we've got it falling out of roofs and we've got it turning up on jobs and unbelievable. 
Indeed, and uh, there has been plenty of asbestos stories uh, around this town and around this country in recent times. String Bean has mentioned uh, the uh, Perth Children's Hospital, a lovely-looking structure, but asbestos everywhere again. I think the NBA gave them an award for that one. <laughs> it's been, even the even the I WA just, Liberal they just, government they doesn't just, like it. They, they just back winners, don't they? The NBA just back winners. I'm starting to think that A in NBA is for asbestos, master builders of asbestos. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and the problem is, of course, that uh, when you're owned by the Chinese, as they are, a Chinese company, which is really the Chinese government, they are indeed owned by the Chinese Communist Party, uh, good old John Holland's, what do you do? You import product from China. And what do they do in China? They make asbestos-based products. Mm, surprise, surprise. It shows up in Australia, in, but, including a cancer hospital in New South Wales. Not, not that they've actually found asbestos there, but they are testing. Um, but it just shows you the, the ridiculousness of what's going on with this asbestos stuff. Um, but Peter Dutton says, don't worry about it. It's all the CFMEU's fault. <laughs> they have to import cheap product because the construction costs are so high in Australia due to the CFMEU. Thanks, Pete. Vote of confidence. Peter, you've gone full potato if you can come up with nonsense like that. That the reason asbestos is being imported is the firstly the fault of the ALP because they let all these boats in and, and the uh, Border Protection Force has been so flat out stopping all these uh, illegal refugees, etc., etc. Uh, and and then now that they've stopped that for the last three years, what have you been doing? But now CFMEU, your fault. Construction's too expensive. So what are the bosses supposed to do? They have to import cheap and nasty products. It's no, illegal. <laughs> couldn't have anything to do with the profit margins. Couldn't you know? You couldn't say, oh, maybe they're taking a bit more profit, and that's why they're cutting corners on on materials. No, no, it'd have to be the wages. Asbestos oh, kills people. It Indeed. kills people. But the minister responsible for importing asbestos <laughs> blames the CFMU. Good headline. A good headline. Too busy, too Potato. busy, too busy to check all this product coming in. Not even spot checks. Not even sort of one in, you know, 50 containers coming in do they check. No. But if those asylum seekers had asbestos on them, they'd all be grabbed. Yep, <laughs> wave them in. Get him on a job. That's right. Yeah, so folks, we're talking uh, about the construction industry and the disaster, which is the uh, Turnbull government and the, and the John Holland Company, etc., etc. But we don't have to travel too far out of range of this studio to actually identify other asbestos problems. And, and other supposedly tier one builders... Indeed, Anyone who describes Hanson and Yunkin as a tier one builder is starting to really stretch it. Well, I think it's only themselves. <laughs> well, that might be right. Yes. Yunkin and Yunkin, tier one. Okay. Doubt it. I and yes, they are indeed just down the street. At the Iron Air Hospital, which has been an unmitigated disaster for two years in terms of asbestos. The uh, whole idea was to remove asbestos from the Iron Air Hospital, a laudable aim that's just how it was done. And I'm going to be generous. I'm not just going to blame Hanson and Yunkin, though their performance has been woeful. They inherited a disaster which had previously but supposedly been dealt with by Keynes. 
the Department of Health is supposed to be managing all this and uh, it has been an unmitigated disaster, a disaster which continues. Well, surely they've just had enough. Uh, you know, how many times can you have asbestos floating around on your job before you, you give up and you, you say you've got no confidence in your management? Um, so you know, we'll see how, how it all unfolds, but um, I think the blokes down there have had enough and uh, we've got laborers doing electrical work so it's not just the asbestos issues we've got um you know a range of safety issues down on that site um and yeah i will uh because we're recording this on friday we don't know how it's all going to unfold but certainly i think we'll you know there'll be something happening down there today indeed and uh hny have been controlling that job now for over two years and uh they're going to have to face up to a number of issues down there. And therefore, we will, in due course, nominate them uh, in expectation. Now, just on the asbestos thing, before we cut to a track, we should just mention that WorkSafe have a new document out, which has the, uh, to my mind, improbable uh, proposition that any building constructed after 2003 is assumed to be asbestos-free. Mm. Oh, so someone that's a, that's didn't anticipate. Pretty, that's a pretty big bloody assumption. But hadn't quite anticipated the China-free trade agreement. Yeah, well, you can, th- you can throw that in the bin now, can't you? Hey? Yeah. I think we're going to have to go back to, if it's uh, anything after 2014, let's say, you yeah. have to assume it's got asbestos in it. But Could we just exclude John Holland jobs from that regu- regulation? Or <laughs> it's... Maybe they got the big sign out the front with built by John Holland contains asbestos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know those stickers you see all around town? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes, and uh, you know, it's either that or give Pauline Hanson control of the free, tri- free trade agreement. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. That'd Water be force, a, Pauline. Water force, Pauline. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> if anyone can stop a foreign I'm gonna, product, I'm going to stop these Chinese uh, free trade of the union corruption. Oh, please, thank you, Malcolm Turnbull. We all have to put up with it, but guess what, Malcolm? That double dissolution result is going to be an absolute disaster, which you will enjoy for maybe three years, but certainly for the next twelve months. Oh dear, how sad. Apparently she's got four senators now, but the WA one, there's a bit of a question mark because the bloke's up for charges for stealing a car. Mm. So <laughs> Pro- problem and, is... And he it? actually doesn't agree with the policy that she espouses of opposing uh, multiculturalism, etc. He reckons multiculturalism's okay. Oh, all the in-laws agree. I've got yeah. nothing wrong with it. Indeed. <laughs> He wasn't such a bad bloke. Anyway. I think the second Queensland senator is a potato, so at least he'll have a mate in Dutton. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Righto. We've had enough uh, frivolity. We'll now uh, cut to a track, and we're going to cut to a, a little track from Mark Seymour. Uh, Walk Through Fire, dedicated to Daniel Andrews. Don't go yet, the night is still young. Gang, see the snake. Get up and fight, you lose. Stand a struggle, stand a win. Whatever it 
There you go. Walk through fire with Mark Harvey and Daniel Andrews. Every 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 line had a little gem in it, didn't it? <laughs> we'll squeeze your hand, Danny. We'll squeeze you. We'll hold you and squeeze your hand and make you feel better. Because that that Matthew guy, what a pompous little prick he is. Eh? Oh. <laughs> Crap and on about the MFB and the CFA and the, oh please. Just Can talk- you take politics seriously in this state? Not really. No, we just want to hear about the all the land that was rezoned at Fisherman's Bend. Talk about that, Matthew. Oh. Yeah. NBA land. Yeah, NBA land. <laughs> <laughs> NBA land. <laughs> they should rename Fisherman's Bend, shouldn't they? Oh, I'm probably going to turn it into an asbestos dump. Who knows? There's <laughs> enough asbestos dump down yeah, there already. for the truth be yeah, known. No. But anyway, let's get on with the show and uh, let's just mention that... Uh, just when you think everything's on the improve, just when you think, well, this is a civilised country, what do we get? We get the old star chamber back. Because Uncle Nige, Nigel Hatchkiss, the head of FWBC, and he hopes soon to be the head of the rejuvenated ABCC, what did he do this week? He pulled this poor bloke in for a compulsory interview. Yep. Did it personally. Did it personally. So he sits up on on the bench and he interrogates this poor building worker who's dragged before him. And basically he's told, you did this and you said that and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't come, you're going to jail for six months. Apparently the bloke turned up and uh, was suitably, uh, well, shall we say, intimidated by the process. Nigel. Same old story. What goes on in there is not a matter of public record, but you don't have to be too much smarter than me to work out that it's intimidation all the way, and that's why we, the CFMEU and construction workers and other construction unions, are opposing the reintroduction of the ABCC because it's bad enough now under the Fair Work Act. Imagine what it would be like under... a a new institution that is going to be introduced by our good friend Malcolm Turnbull to basically intimidate, harass, and generally make the life of building and construction workers miserable. What a coward. And Hatchkiss loves it. Yeah, what a coward. It's not like he's a scary guy, but when you're faced with six months away from your family and jail, you know, like that's that's just a coward's way, isn't it, to use that sort of power? Yeah, I don't know, that big red nose looking at you, I don't know. <laughs> Have another claret. <laughs> anyway, enough of Nigel Hatchkiss, he's, uh, he's an absolute legend in his own lunchtime after three bottles of bloody red wine. <laughs> Never mind, let's move on to some occupational health and safety issues, and uh, we should just uh, say that... Uh, Rafferty's done themselves an absolute treat. No protection down on a demolition job in St Kilda Road and uh, told the bloke in the Bobcat, just keep pushing the stuff down the hole. In the end, the, the uh, Bobcat went into the hole as well. Yes. And the bloke was very lucky to escape. Indeed, because the photo I saw showed the Bobcat upside down in the hole. Yep. So if, 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 the, if the hole would have been square... The bobcat would have went down. Lucky it was round, so he was trying to put a like a square bobcat in a round hole, and that didn't go. Um, fortunately, because otherwise that bobcat would have ended up on the deck eight stories. And, uh, right? Yeah, there's a ho- the hole went all the way down. That's the thing. Correct. That's correct. Jeez. 
Now, let's also send a cheerio to the the people down on the CUB uh, picket. It continues, which is good because... Gary Woodburn, or whatever his name is, uh, has only one plan for people down at CUB, and that is to get rid of them and try and produce beer at an even cheaper rate than he's doing it at the moment. That's right. Week number eight, and uh, the picket's going very, very well. And cheerio, Gary, the toe cutter. I think they're settling in pretty well there. We've got the scaffold set up, setting up a bit of a town, CUB town. Mm -hmm. Not going anywhere for a while. Got a letterbox, got a Christmas tree. It's all there. Righto. We should also uh, mention the passing of one of our uh, long-time members. Indeed. Uh, down in Geelong, Geelong's number one Peggy, uh, known and loved by all. Tommy Beardsall uh, unfortunately lost his, uh, his his fight. He was uh, hit by a car a couple of weeks ago in his little uh, scooter buggy, and uh, he hung on for a week, and uh, unfortunately last week he, he lost his battle. So, Tommy... Um, rest in peace, brother. Uh, for those of you who wish to attend his uh, his funeral, it's on uh, this Monday, the eighth in Geelong, and uh, down at the Geelong Football Club at eleven o'clock in the president at the president's room. Uh, what a great guy! Is uh, the only bloke I knew who could read better upside down because um, he was fantastic. He could go into the boss's office with the mop and he could read everything. Um, but he had to be two feet away because he could not read the form guide when it was right up to his face. He had to squint his eyes. But if he was two feet away, he could read everything upside down. It was fantastic. And uh, much, much love, Tommy, and um, condolences to all his family and friends. Indeed. Now we'll cut to Scallywags, and we've got, obviously, the list mentioned during the show, John Hollands, HMY, Nigel Hatchkiss, Peter Dutton and Border Force. Potato. But we've got a couple more Premier Cranes. Oh, Premier Cranes again, just, just because. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they promised to uh, you know, send out the reps notice to their blokes and then he reneges on it and then he's going to come in. He's, he wants to do the agreement and then he wants to wait and then he, he doesn't know what he wants to do. But he's getting tangled up with H&Y and oh. uh, to be continued. Indeed. And uh, the other one is Kane Construction. Grubby Bendigo job, like all oh. their jobs really. Jeez. Oh, uh, they got some great people working for them. Work, some of them have worked for them for years, mm. but they're absolutely making their lives miserable. And uh, I think Canes deserve whatever they get. Or in the case of uh, some jobs, they don't get them. Correct. Hard luck. Righto, who are we going for? Oh, gee, I like John Holland. Mm. Nigel. There's something particularly nasty about Nigel Mm. that sort of attracts you to making him scallywag every week, but that would be boring because we don't know what happened in the uh, interrogation. It's apparently a state secret. You can go to jail for talking about it, but you can imagine. But imagining's not enough for me. Let's deal with the facts. I'm actually a toss-up between John Hollins and Peter Dutton. To be honest, <laughs> the full potato. <laughs> I think we have to go the full potato because John Holland. That's going to keep. That's just another oh, story. That's they're the morons that keep giving. Keep yeah, 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 yeah. Peter Dutton is in a class of his own. He's got his own private army, the border force, and guess be honest, he is a joke. <laughs> hey, and talking shit like that. It's all too hard for poor potato head. 
Yep. Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> oh, Mr. Potato Head. So he is the winner this week of Scallywag. Who are we going for for Suki Lala? Suki Lala. Uh, who we got, Suki Lala? Well, there could be any number of people, I guess. Um, I, I like uh, I like Steve Wharton from Premier Cranes. He's always sooking up about oh, not making money. Why and, not? You know, why not? He spends all this money on other bits and pieces. That'll do. Well, Steve, you're the biggest sook we know this week, so uh, you are the winner of that award. We're now going to uh, go out the same old way. Dare to struggle, dare, dare to win. win. If you don't fight, you, you lose. Good morning from the Concrete Gang, and we're going out with John Butler Trio. And uh, we're going ba- to have a bit of a ramble. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.